You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. All right. You've been waiting for this one. I've had a, I've had a ton of people send me this story. North Carolina landlord owed $24,000 in unpaid rent from tenants, one of whom bought a boat. He rages against Biden and the CDC's plan to extend the eviction moratorium. This eviction moratorium is so bogus. Literally, the president came right out and says, yeah, you know what? It it probably doesn't have a lot of legal merit. It's probably not going to stand up on its own. So from a legal standpoint, it's kind of like, ah, we're, we're just gonna, we're just gonna throw this out here and see how it goes. And hopefully we can buy ourselves some more time. You know what? It's not gonna buy enough time. You're still gonna have a whole bunch of people get evicted. Cause guess what? Over the course of a year, evictions are gonna happen, pandemic or not. We've got this pandemic and we got the CDC saying, Hey, we can't have people getting kicked to the streets. And that's one of my first things that I always think about is just because somebody gets evicted doesn't mean they're homeless and they're living on the streets. Those two don't correlate. People get evicted all the time. Just in the past year or so, we haven't because the CDC has said, ah, that's a no go. It's illegal. Can't do it. No go. Landlords, you got to pay all the bills. Tenants, you're off the hook for now. But just because you get evicted does not mean that you end up in a tent on the sidewalk in Seattle right? People figure things out. They're adults. They go, they, they go live with fa- family and friends, right? They go rent a room somewhere. Maybe they had an apartment. And well, now maybe they rent a room. They do what they need to do to take that next step. Or maybe they don't. I mean, th- those, sometimes it's a choice to be homeless. You, you walk around Seattle, you'll see a lot of young people who are like, okay, I'm pretty sure they get a job, or they're crazy, or they've got substance abuse issues that, you know, are not being met. Any which way, city of Seattle is a perfect example of not helping your fellow human being. They're scrambling right now trying to King County's buying up hotels, left and right trying to get people but just because you get people a roof over their head, doesn't mean their problems go away. So this last eviction moratorium extension until October 3rd, this one is, this is a tough one to swallow. So why are we talking about this on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast? Because it has to actually do with real estate. And I'm a huge no-go on this. I, I don't think there should have been an eviction moratorium the entire time. I think you're monkeying with the free market. And it's going to be way worse when you rip off that Band-Aid and you know, sunset these moratoriums, because now you've got evictions that would have taken place normally during that course of that year or whatever it is, 13 months, 14 months that we're going to be at um, 13 months, I guess it is, you're going to have a bunch of evictions. And it's not necessarily because of people losing their jobs. Other situations come up as well. People get evicted all the time. That's the that's the harsh reality. And now you're going to have to face that. And it's going to be a much greater scale because all those evictions that would have normally happened over the course of the last year, now they're going to come all down to all at once. It's going to be a mess. And this moratorium, this moratorium is just extension is just to buy some time to get that $47 billion in Fed money that's with the with the state governments and with the local governments trying to get into the hands of the landlords. Can they do that in two months? Well, it's taken them this long to get out $3 billion 
I don't have any confidence that another 60 days is really going to help him out. But okay, let's just run with that. Before we read the story. If you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds, I own a couple of real estate companies. And in spite of being from Seattle, I read news that most people would consider reasonable. Let's do this. Okay. I had a lot of folks send me this story. And, uh, and I'm going to point out some stuff. I'm going to take the reasonable approach. And sometimes it means, okay, just because somebody had a boat in the yard doesn't necessarily mean that they are, um, you know, that, 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 that they're up to no good, that they're up to shenanigans. A North Carolina landlord says he is out $24,000 in unpaid rent from his tenants, including one who splurged on three boats and requested a $4,500 heat pump during the pandemic. I'm not going to pay you rent, but whew, it's boating season. Let's get some boats lined up. Let's go out. And you know, when I come back, I need a cooled rental unit. Heat pump, the AC went out. Would you buy us a new heat pump? I know we're not paying rent, but you know, it's summer. Buddy Shoup, a property owner near Charlotte, worries that the tab will only grow following the CDC's recent decision to extend the moratorium on rental evictions until October 3rd. It will grow. It will keep going because these folks who are abusing the system, they're just going to keep on abusing it, right? And, and let's be let's be honest, there are folks that have some circumstances where the whole eviction moratorium probably saved their rear end. And there are folks out there who are desperately trying to get back on their feet and make it happen. And there are folks who are not in a position, they're too old, they're elderly, they've got health issues, whatever. They can't really make this go for whatever circumstances, they can't make it happen. But then the flip side is there's a lot of folks out there gaming the system. There's a lot of folks out there gaming the system. That's what we're kind of talking about. The suspension of evictions was first imposed by the Trump administration at the start of the coronavirus pandemic and was set to end July 31st. But then it was extended another 60 days last Tuesday. The new 60-day ban pr uh, protects millions of renters from eviction and covers counties with substantial or high COVID-19 transmission rates. So what they did is they said, okay, we've got this general eviction moratorium. That's going to sunset on July 31st. And Supreme Court said, you got to have some help from Congress on this bad boy, because this is not constitutional. The CDC didn't have the right to pull this eviction moratorium. You're going to have to get some help from Congress. Well, president went back and said, we're just going to create another eviction moratorium. It's different. It's, it's more narrow in scope. It only, uh, and, and the, so, so they rewrote it. They called it a different name. They basically just repackaged it and they threw it out there. And everybody's like, well, okay. Yeah. I guess, I, I guess we'll go with that. It's, even though the, the president himself basically said it's, it's the, the legality is questionable. It's questionable. Everybody knows there, there's no, there's no legal backbone for this. The property owners have criticized the moratorium, saying it penalizes those who must pay mortgages, whether or not their tenants pay them. I'm a tenant, I'm not paying rent, yet my house is very, very hot because the air conditioner broke. I need to have my landlord pay it or pay, pay for a new one. And that's exactly what's going on right now, right? Do you imagine that tenant? Hey, this is not a habitable place. AC broke. Shoot. Talking about the guy with the tenant with the boat. 
uh, who owns 35 properties throughout Catawaba County under Family Home Rentals LLC, added that the moratorium also is a burden on landlords who are still required to main properties despite losses. That has been my whole thing. We've covered one segment of the population. You guys are off the hook. And you guys are off the hook, but you guys over here, you guys with the property, you're up for over a year in expenses. Yep, not just the normal expenses, all of them, 100% of them, 100% plus, meaning anything that goes sideways, these landlords got to take care of. He recently referenced a tenant who had three new boats in his driveway, but hasn't been paying rent, though he didn't specify the exact amount the man owed him. The guy didn't pay me rent and was evidently getting money from somewhere, and he had three boats. Well, lo and behold, the middle of the summer, the air conditioner went out, so I had to put about a $4,500 heat pump on that house to make sure that they stayed cool and I didn't receive any rent or anything, so it goes way beyond the loss of rental income. Maintenance, taxes, insurance, those are things. When you own real estate, those are things, and I think the people that are just wildly behind this whole eviction moratorium, they don't really understand that those are things. And that's reality. Just because the tenant isn't isn't making rent, isn't paying rent, doesn't mean those other things just miraculously go away. The landlords, they got to pay, right? We're still bound by county laws and rules, and we need to maintain the property, he said in an interview with Fox and Friends. Shoup recently gave Spectrum News One a tour of some of his properties in Catawba County, pointing out what certain tenants owed. In the video, he gestures to one house and says, this guy didn't pay no rent at all. $12,000 behind he was. Kind of sounds like Yoda, but um, I get what he's saying. Hey, guy didn't pay any rent. He owes twelve grand. He points to another home and says, they had packages every single day coming from Amazon, rental center, buying furniture and all of this. She had a whole U-Haul of stuff, and there's my money. He's saying that the tenant is basically spending all the money they would have spent on rent. They're spending it on stuff, and people are out there doing that, and landlords are pissed, and they should be, because this has become ridiculous. All right. When tenants can't pay their rent, Shoup said that he often directs them to seek assistance from local nonprofits who are funded by city and county taxes, such as the Greater Hickory Cooperative Christian Ministry. As far as federal assistance goes, however, Shoup said he hasn't seen any sign that the money is going to those who need it most, those who are owed the billions and billions and billions of dollars of unpaid rent. The money from the government, stimulus checks, all of that, it should have gone to the program so they could distribute it to people who need it for rent and utilities. It should never have gone directly into people's pockets, Shoup said. Agreed. Totally agreed. Shoup added that under the moratorium, he can only evict tenants for breach of contract in their lease agreement. After October 3rd, however, he said he's going to have to start considering evictions again. That's what I think, I think, you know, you're going to see a ton you're going to see a ton. Doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to be homeless in a tent on the sidewalk. No, it doesn't. And even if that were the case, my second article I'm going to read today kind of kind of pokes some holes in the fact that the whole CDC thing originally was we don't want to let evictions happen because when people get booted out of their homes, they're in an environment where they might spread the Rona. Well, I've got a Seattle Times article that I'm going to read here in a second that kind of sheds some light on that and maybe paints a different picture of 
the whole thing that this eviction moratorium is trying to avoid, which is that we have this idea in our head that if you hit the streets after being evicted, you're going to get the Rona. You're at much greater risk of getting the Rona. And actually, I think you're going to find out that that might not be true because how often do you hear of a massive outbreak happening in a homeless encampment? Hmm. Think to yourself hard. Think to yourself hard. How often does that happen? How, how often have you heard of that happening? Ooh, yeah. About the same as me. Y- you don't. It's weird, right? Weird. Have you guys seen that? John Burke, John Ross. He paints pictures. He's a former uh, Air Force guy. He's funny. He is really funny. YouTube channel. Paint like, uh, oh, man. How to paint like a, I forget what the title of his channel is. I'll think of it in a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. It's a business, Shoop said, the guy we're talking about, the landlord. I can't help their personal feelings. I have to take care of myself and my business and a victim. And that's the way it has to be. Yep, agreed. Sometimes people got to go if they don't pay rent for a contract they signed, pandemic or not. This is the first time that I can ever remember that we've had an eviction moratorium like this in place. Does Has this ever existed before? No. Why are we doing this now? It's, it's just nuts to me. Shoop's experience is being felt by landlords throughout the country, as it's estimated that renters owe a total of $21 billion, or an average of 3300 per household, according to the National Atlas Equity, most recent figures last month. I have heard that the $47 billion allotted is not nearly enough, and you're going to need more money to cover all the outstanding rent out there. The total renters owe in North Carolina is estimated at 571 million. Renters owe 3.2 billion in New York and 3.5 billion in California. Billions of dollars. For Vanny Mango, a Queens landlord, the situation goes beyond losing 36,600 in rental income. Her first four tenants have not paid rent in 15 months. She recently sold the, sold the New York Times and bang on the ceiling below her bed at all hours, as well as yell, curse, and spit at her. A tenant in the basement apartment who also stopped paying rent allegedly keyed Mangle's car and dumped her mail by the garbage. That tenant eventually moved out after Mangle got an order of protection and then a warrant for the tenant's arrest. I mean, some legal shenanigans happened, right? So again, these are not these are not the rule. They are the exception. But when you're talking about billions and billions of dollars of rent being owed, these kind of stories, they don't help things out, do they? They do not help. It's been really horrendous, she said. What am I supposed to do? Live like this? Yes, that is what the government is asking you to do, is to live like this without the ability to control your own asset. That is what is happening. All right. Meanwhile, on Long Island, a Holocaust survivor's tenant refused to leave her home and totally destroyed some of the furniture, according to court documents. Genya Markon, 78, spends the winters in Israel and summers at her $675,000 home in Hamptons Bay. She leased the home in July 2020, and the lease expired June 18th. But Marcon flew to the U.S. only to find her tenant, Julie Rinke, still there. Marcon said, Rinke is taking advantage of pandemic protection against eviction designed to prevent unscrupulous landlords in New York from forcing people from their homes during the global crisis. 
but the protection should not apply to short-term leases, Marcon said. My tenant, who is also a real estate agent, uh-oh, we've got real estate agents pulling shenanigans now. Ah, that's a no-go. Is also a real estate agent, refuses to leave in spite of the fact that she only has a seasonal lease and is not protected by the hardship application she filed, Marcon said. Some landlords can't afford to let their tenants live rent-free because they only own a few properties and rely on rent as a main source of income. Majority of all rentals are owned by mom and pop operators. We know this for a fact. So some landlords can't afford to let their tenants live rent free because they only own a few properties and rely on rent as a main source of income. That's been one of my enormous, enormous irritants in this whole thing is that the majority of landlords of single family rental homes, they are mom and pop operators, they own less than four properties. I think 85% of all rental properties, single family homes, are owned by owners who have 10 or less properties. They're not the big corporate landlord that some portions of the community would lead you to believe. You know, F big corporate. Okay, yeah, but your typical rental house is not owned by big corporate. That's just, that's not a thing. So Howard Simon owns a small building in Massachusetts with three rental units. So, so far, Simon is out $7,000 in rent, and his tenants haven't made a payment since last October, he told CNBC. Must not be crazy expensive rent. He's only owed seven grand, right? So this landlord goes on to say, I have mortgages. I have expenses for repairs in that particular building. I'm losing one third of the rent just because of this, said Simon, adding that tenants aren't applying for federal funding programs aimed at alleviating the burden of rent. I'm just a small landlord and I'm not a big corporation like many of the other large rental organizations. So although the funding is very helpful, if the tenant doesn't cooperate, everything falls apart, he said. Sandy Sue, a Brooklyn landlord, told the Daily Mail that some of her tenants are trying their best to make payments on time, but others say that they can't because they don't have a job. And yet we've got a, uh, a labor pool shortage, don't we? Mm. Yeah. Maybe just the specifics in her industry. There's too many people applying for the same job. I don't know. I find it hard that in today's economy, you can't get a job. Different towns are different. Yeah, you can't lump everybody together. But okay, I, I get it. So we're waiting for this federal money to come through, whether you have a job or not, whether you can't pay rent. We're waiting for this moratorium to get over, you're going to have a whole bunch of evictions happen because they would have happened anyway, and they're all going to come at once. Does that mean the Rona is going to just automatically hop from you know, all, all of these newly evicted people into the general population, are they all going to get it? Probably not based on history, right? So it's been very hard on landlords, she said, but we can't do anything about it. The only thing we can do is wait for the courts to open again. So evictions could resume. Okay, I'm going to skip over to mysteriously, COVID-19 hasn't spread among Seattle's outdoor homeless population. What does that mean for a vaccine? All right, this was written as of December 2020. So we had basically a year of the Rona at that point, right? Almost all of 2020 was just the heart of um, the, the pandemic. And I'm going to skip down to um, 
As of yet, there have been a few large-scale documented outbreaks outdoors. At the start of the pandemic, health workers feared a possible decimation of the homeless population based on factors like a 50-year-old average life expectancy and high rates of preventable disease, but that fear hasn't materialized in Seattle. Experts say it's something of a mystery why outbreaks never arose in the Seattle area's homeless encampments, which have grown during the pandemics as shelters shrunk. So we've got we've got areas where you got 200 tents, 50, 60, 70 tents, not that big of a deal. These people are living on top of each other. They don't have fresh water and soap to wash their hands within their tents, right? They're not taking showers all the cleanliness they're not doing they are sharing stuff that's how homeless they that's how they work they're you know they've there's every reason why the pandemic should have just ripped through homeless encampments and that is the big reason that the CDC said we need an eviction moratorium because of this fear that if people got kicked out onto the streets if they got evicted that well, was just going to spread the rona around and yet we're reading we've been looking actively for it as intensively as I think anyone can, said Dr. Helen Chu, an infectious disease doctor who recently published a study on COVID-19 spread in Seattle area shelters, and we haven't found it. Talking about, is there an example of the, pan, of the virus ripping through a homeless encampment? And the answer is, we haven't found it. Hmm, that's interesting. So why hasn't COVID-19 spread in homeless camps? Which are the, I mean, that's the, that's the very most dire impact from an eviction that somebody can experience, homelessness on the streets. And yet, and yet, we don't, we don't have any data that supports this happening. I mean, wouldn't it be in, in, in Los Angeles, in uh, Skid Row, that whole Skid Row area, or even, you know, Venice Beach before they cleared it out? Wouldn't a reason to clear out those homeless encampments have been a massive outbreak? Wouldn't that have been a reason? Hey, we need to get you into your own individual um, housing so that we can basically take you off the streets and not have you exposed to greater risk of, of getting the virus and spreading it to others within your environment. Wouldn't that have been a pretty good reason? I think so. But the reality is, Rona hasn't spread even in homeless environments, right? In July, in South Park Camp, Whitson and nurses from nonprofit health care provider, Neighbor Care Health, told people to isolate in their tents and wear masks. But not everyone did. Did anybody imagine isolating in a tent? No, that's not happening. Because they, they can't isolate in a tent. They got to go to the bathroom. Everything is outside. They got to walk to everything outside. When the nearby food bank shut down with its own COVID-19 case, Whitson and Neighbor Care worked frantically to deliver dozens of pizzas so people didn't leave the camp looking for the food. Nevertheless, the outreach staff braced themselves for what they've been expecting since the beginning of the pandemic. And everybody has talked about this, but now we've kind of forgotten. Now we've kind of, huh. Yeah, the whole reason for the eviction moratorium was so that uh, we wouldn't have people spreading the Rona, which never happened in the first place. And now we've got hindsight to kind of look at that and see how that goes. We really thought it was going to open the floodgates, Whitson said, that it would spread like wildfire. 
the pandemic, COVID-19, would spread like wildfire. Theoretically, it should, shouldn't it? I mean, doesn't that make sense? We're reasonable. It's a reasonable thought. Okay, yeah. <laughs> people know each other. They spend time with each other in tents and shelters, talking about homeless people. All of us expected this to be like the beginning of a massive outbreak. That should have happened, right? And yet, it didn't. But the wave never came. The 15 cases associated with that site are the only ones that have been tracked outside to this day. So they literally had just about a year of the pandemic. And we've got a handful of cases. Hmm. And yet we've got a national eviction moratorium from the CDC, who the Supreme Court has said they didn't have the legal authority to do so. And Congress are the ones who need to, if they're going to extend out the eviction moratorium, Congress is going to need to be the ones to do it. And yet the president says, even in spite of the fact that this probably won't hold up in court, we're going to give it a run anyway. And people cheer and go, ah, it's for the better of mankind. Whole thing is convoluted and backwards and wrong. The camp in South Park where coronavirus emerged is a tight-knit group of people. Dean Williamson grew up with Kenny Palazzo in Renton and is his next-door neighbor today, staying in a tent less than 30 feet away. We shared cigarettes. We're around each other every day, Williamson said. Williamson's first coronavirus test was inconclusive, and his second was negative. But he, went to a, but he went to a publicly funded motel room in Kent anyway to stay away from the other campers who did test positive. When he came back, COVID-19 had, hadn't spread to the other people in the camp or outside, and no one had symptoms. He grew suspicious. This is a homeless guy. He grew suspicious. What's going on? I was told that this was just going to level everybody. This deadly, deadly virus that for some reason doesn't affect homeless people, question mark, Williamson asked or said, a bunch of political expletive is going on. Hmm. Yes. So you got a homeless guy going, what is the dealio here? There have been many theories floating around about why only 15 COVID-19 cases have been found in outdoor communities in King County. The most obvious one is that the residents are outside all the time where the virus doesn't spread as quickly which leads to the argument, get rid of the eviction moratoriums, let people let people be free of their homes and their shelters and their structures, let them get outside, less Rona out there. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yes, it would, but it would also go in direct contrast to everything we've done for the last year and whatever. Yeah, they rarely gather in large groups. So there's a low chance of a super spreader event talking about the homeless, but they're around each other. They're using public restrooms, porta potties, not the cleanest of environments, right? So there's a low chance of a super spreader event, according to Dr. Steve Wong, a Toronto doctor currently studying the spread of COVID-19 and homeless populations there. Being in a tent with four friends is probably lower risk than being in a shelter with a 100 other people, Wong said. It's really a numbers game. Okay. That might be the case, but uh, you should have more than 15 cases 
of coronavirus if this is truly what you are trying to avoid, right? I mean, shouldn't we have some pretty big outbreaks? I would think so. It's also possible the virus already made its way through the population, but undetected. Mm, I don't think so. You'd see some sick people, you'd see some dying people, you would have news stories of homeless person, homeless person, homeless person taken to you know, whatever. 80% of the positive cases in King County shelters have been asymptomatic. According to Chu, the Seattle researcher, she thinks that it's because many of the old and particularly vulnerable homeless people were moved to hotels. Yes, but you're still going to have a bunch more than 15. But that percentage still strikes her as surprisingly high. 80% of the cases are asymptomatic. Okay. And so then you've got a bunch of people. I mean, there's a lot of people in homeless environments who, who have a lot of issues, mental issues, physical issues, dependency issues. There's no way that they are the poster child for, you know, standing up to the coronavirus. I, I just don't see that. That doesn't strike me as as real. Homeless people tend to have a lot more problems that would make them have symptomatic infection, Chu said. Okay, that's kind of what I think. And there could be many more cases official counts miss. Only about 600 tests have been conducted in outdoor settings, according to Public Health Seattle and King County, a fraction of the more than 14,000 tests in shelters. The only reason it was caught at the South Park camp, Whitson and an outreach nurse said, was because a camper went to a local hospital for cancer treatment and tested positive there. After his friends made it through COVID-19, apparently unscathed, Williamson no longer wears a mask except when bus drivers make him, and he says he won't take the vaccine. If I got a bug and died, I could accept that, really, Williamson said. I've had a good life. Many homeless people who are often treated poorly in hospitals or by medical professionals, they say, are skeptical of doctors and prescribed treatments. About 45% of homeless people surveyed by the Seattle flu study got flu vaccinations so far this year. All right, so they're getting their flu shot, but homeless, the uh, coronavirus, they're kind of like, they're kind of a no-go. So that's it for this article. Um, so the whole reason we've got this moratorium in place is kind of backwards. It's not really based on anything, is it? It's based on fear of, well, if we evict people, they go outside where there's less Rona, but don't talk about that. Oof, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, we, we just we, we need them to get more more vaccinations. And we, we need this moratorium to go on forever. Two months from now, do we really think large portion of that money is going to get in the right hands and people aren't going to get evicted? No, no. Landlords are going to cut deals left and right. They're going to get tenants out that they need to. Courts are going to cl get clogged up with evictions. Uh, it's just going to be a cluster. And the sooner you rip off that band-aid, the faster we get back to it and normalize the market. That's, that's where I sit. This needs to happen now, not two months from now. Because we can see the evidence in Seattle, homeless environments, it's not really there. It's not really there based on this article I read. And also the fact that I haven't really read any other articles about massive outbreaks in homeless encampments. And you would think that between Portland and Seattle, we'd have some pretty major storylines coming out that way, right? Hey, here is why we don't want to have evictions take place. Because all these guys and gals got the Rona and died. 
All right. That's pretty direct evidence for what we're talking about for the CDC evictions, right? That's pretty direct. evidence. Have we heard of those storylines? No. Why is that? Because that really hasn't been the way this has gone. Okay, alrighty then. Well, you know, in another couple of months, I'm going to report back to you on probably yet another extension of the CDC moratorium that will be questionably legal for whatever reason. Maybe not. Maybe this time they'll actually rip that mandate off and landlords will be able to go to court and get tenants who signed a contract out of their properties that they've been covering for the last year or so. Year or so. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. I thought this, I thought this last one, um, I thought there's no way they could get around this. But you know, when you throw out, you know, the CDC, which apparently doesn't have the ability to extend the moratorium out. And when you have them do a move that's probably not supported by the courts, kind of makes you wonder, what are we doing here? How is this happening? Why is this happening? All good questions. I don't have any strong answers for you. Just opinions. That's what I'm sharing with you here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. All right, that's it for me. I know this was kind of a convoluted from point A to point B story. Um, but I think it makes you go, hmm. Like the homeless dude said, what did he say? There's some political BS going on here. Kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. Mm. Okay, that's it for me. Until the next time we talk, stay safe. We'll catch up then. Bye for now. Thanks for being here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Forgot that part. Thank you. We'll catch up soon. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.